When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Up Close on Husker Online, where we let Nebraska student-athletes tell their stories. Up Close is brought to you by Sandhills Global and powered by ABM. Do you have equipment to sell? Sell it on auctiontime.com. Now, here's your host of Up Close, Husker Online's Sean Callahan. Hello and welcome again to another edition of of the Up Close podcast, quickly becoming one of the more popular Husker podcasts out there as we let Nebraska student-athletes share their story, let you hear more than what you hear on Mondays at the press conference. And these have been fun to do for me. Sean Callahan here, as you heard, were brought to you by Sandhills Global and powered by ABM. And joining me here today on Up Close is Nebraska's fourth year. I say fourth year because you're a sophomore, Cam, but it's weird to call you a sophomore because you've been here four years now. Uh, Cam Jurgens joining us here. Cam, thank you. It's going to be fun to get a chance to talk to you here. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun coming on these podcasts, kind of talking a little bit off the field stuff. So I'm excited Thanks right, for having me. I got to go right away to the cowboy hat that you wore um, getting off the bus, homecoming week, Northwestern. You had that suit on. I, I commented on your mom's picture. I go, you look like you were on the TV show Yellowstone. Uh, you could have been on John Dutton's ranch mm-hmm. there. Is that Was that a new cowboy hat that you pulled out for a homecoming? Uh, I've had it for about a year now, but like I, I love I've watched the Yellowstone. I've seen it a couple times already, and I love that show. So you know, if I can uh, be a little bit like John Dunn the Rip, man, I'm I'm gonna go for it. And you, I thought you're it was a Rip a good guy. You you, you got to be a big Rip fan, right? Yeah, when I he, mean, who's not? If you watch that show, I mean, he's a badass, and that's a <laughs> that's kind of the edge you want to have when you're looking after looking into a character or something like that. I mean, everybody's a fan of him. Well, yeah, let, let's talk um, your style. I mean, you're old school in a lot of ways. I mean, there aren't a lot of kids like Cam Jurgens growing up in Nebraska anymore, farm kids, tough kids, athletic kids like you, and and you, you play that way on the field. You, you carry yourself that way off the field. I mean, when did you kind of develop that kind of blue-collar, tough attitude? Has, has that always been how you've been growing up? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how we were raised as kids. Uh, I mean, we always had chores and duties around the house, and then, like, if we – but – I had an older brother, so like it kind of helped out a li- little bit. You know, I could go out and do my sports and everything like that. It didn't really affect anything on there. But I mean, if I, after a game day, if my dad needed me to go help uh, load bales or something like that, like it's it's not an option. He just tells you like, "Hey, I need your help." I'm like, "Okay, I got you." You know, it's always funny whenever I go home. I'm like, like on a, on a bye week or something like that. I'll go home like want to want to relax and just get my legs back. And my dad's like, "Oh, I got somebody coming to pick up like 200 bales. You want to come help me?" I'm like, "Okay, sure." Like, Can't say no. Yeah, I'm like, "All right, I I maybe." And he's like, "Okay, be over there at two. So Sounds what? Do you got? I mean, it's farmers tend to do a little bit of everything. I mean, does your family do corn, beans, cattle? Uh, I mean, give us an idea of like what kind of work you guys do out on the on the Jurgens farm. Yeah, we just do. We don't really have a ton of land. We just do a little bit of everything. I mean, we put up some corn and soybeans, and then we put up, like, alfalfa and hay, and uh, we got, like, 40 head of cattle. So it's enough to stay busy with for sure. Now, did you cowboy as a kid? No, we didn't have any uh, – no uh, no horses, sadly. That would be that would be fun, but 
just uh, motorcycles, four wheelers, you know, going around doing that. Because I can see you being one of those guys that competes in those, those competitions. I mean, you got the athletic ability. I'm sure you, you would have been able to pick it up pretty quick. Yeah, it would have been a lot of fun. Uh, I've tried to rope a little bit, and it's, it's, it's a fun uh, thing to pick up. You, know, you went to Beatrice, and as a freshman, I, I first heard about you from a Wyoming coach who's now at Kansas, Scott Fuchs. And he goes, have you been to Beatrice yet and seen this freshman, Cam Jurgens?" He goes, he's a, he's a no-brainer. Um, and you started varsity as a freshman on football. You started varsity as a freshman on basketball. And did you win shot or disc as a freshman? Didn't you win one of them as a freshman? Mm-hmm. And then you won I, them the rest of the way. Yeah, I won discus my freshman year, and then I got, I think, third in shot. But, did I mean, when you came into high school – did people already kind of know like you were going to be on the varsity right away and, and basketball and football? And obviously as a eighth grader, you probably knew what your shot put and discus marks were. I mean, did it, did it happen pretty quick or did you kind of already mentally know that, Hey, I'm going to be stepping in right away at Beatrice at a young age and competing? Uh, I mean, I definitely knew I had that ability to go in and, you know, play with those guys, but it's always weird, you know, in the high school level, not many like middle schoolers going to high school, being able to play with those guys. There's, it's different from girls to guys, you know, not a lot of guys are big enough to do that, but I knew I had the ability. I mean, a lot of times I would go for like uh shot put and discus or in track, I'd go throw with the high schoolers when uh, we had a day off or with middle school. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm throwing right up here with these guys when I'm a middle schooler. So, I mean, I have the ability and it was, I knew I was going to have the potential and uh, get the opportunity to do it. And your mom was an all American thrower at Kearney state college back in the eighties. I mean, when did she introduce you to throwing? Uh, well, I mean, I was just a little little kid around there. So we had my dad poured a little cement pad uh, on our place, and then my brother would be throwing all the time because uh, my brother was about, like, eight years older than me. So when he would go throw for, like, high school, I'd be, like, a elementary kid, and I'd, I'd just go throw with him and stuff like that. So either retrieving his discuses, and then I'd go throw some of mine. So, like, he kind of taught me a lot of stuff. What were your record throws in high school and shot and disc? Uh, the most I threw, I think I threw about 200 in disc and then 65 in shot. So which one would you be considered better at? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I did do track with uh, Nebraska. I did uh, two indoor meets for shot put. And I was really looking forward to doing some outdoor meets. I feel like I had a little more potential in discus and then uh, I was looking forward to it. They had some meets in like California and I was excited to go travel. And then like a week later, it's like, yep, cool. whole outdoor season canceled. I'm like, all right, well, there goes my college uh, track. When your mom coached you in throws in high school, did she coach you all four years or just this the last couple? I think just the last two, maybe three in discus. Yeah, that had to be fun, though, for her to see you throw for Nebraska. I'm sure I mean, she was probably just as excited about that as seeing you play football for Nebraska. It was so fun. Uh, yeah, she she loved it. I think. Like before I even went there, she just kept taking me. She's like, "You should, you should do track in the off season and stuff like that." So, she was really looking forward to it. It was so fun. The the first track meet, uh, we had. I was telling everybody we had. We even have um, on our team works. It's like messages go out to the whole team, and Damian Jackson sent a message out. She's like, "Hey, if you don't have anything going on, Cam's throwing a Devaney at so and so time," and we had like forty guys show up. <laughs> Probably the biggest. Uh, biggest uh audience for you know shot put indoor meet just a random meet you know and they were loud i just remember matt farney had come over there and he was just screaming it was the atmosphere was electric it was <laughs> it insane. was like drake relays or yeah yeah there was, was some smaller colleges and they had him in like wondering what the heck's going on 
Yeah, it's. I mean, there haven't been a lot of football players now. The Davis brothers, um, both Carlos and Khalil, threw discus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they did really well. It's hard, though. I mean, I think people just assume like you can just step into track and, and, and be a dominant guy. But, I mean, that's people train at such a high level once you get to Division One, And to do both, I mean, the commitment level, I can't even imagine what it's like. Yeah, I mean, those guys, they do it year-round, you know, and all their training is specified to throw, you know, and we just do it for all football. So, like, our, some of the things don't really cross over. But, I mean, the technique and form, like, you kind of pick it up like you're riding a bike. You, you've done it so much. But just being able to get in the right spots and have the explosiveness and be able to throw certain distances, it takes time to pick that back up and get your distance to where they should be or where they were. Well, and your weight, when you came to Nebraska, were you about 245, 255? I mean, what did you come in at? It was weird. So I broke my leg my senior year. So I was, like, kind of heavy because I was, like, trying to work out, but I was on crutches for, like, four months. So I ended up putting some weight on. I was like 270 and then playing tight end. So I like I dropped my weight down. I was like 240, 250. And then like they kind of mentioned me uh, having the possibility to move the O-line the next year. And I just didn't know if I'd be able to put that weight on. So then like next two weeks, I'm like, well, I'm going to just cut some weight. I was down to like 230, 235. I was leaned out. And then they're like, oh, you're moving anyway. And then ended up having another injury like a couple weeks later. And I just lifted every day. And I put on like 40 pounds. Was a it a foot months. injury? The second injury you suffered? Yeah. Yeah. So I was still able to do quite a bit of weightlifting during that time. Yeah. Those two injuries. It's amazing when you think about it, how much that probably changed your career path. Cause if you didn't break your leg and you didn't have the foot injury, I mean, who knows, you might still be a tight end or an H back type guy or something in that nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But I mean, everything happens for a reason. I'm so excited. I'm playing O-line now. I don't really look back on those tight end days. I, I love being down in the trenches. Well, and I remember when you were a recruit, like there would be debates amongst the people that did the national stuff, and they, they're like, we think he's a four-star guy, but we don't really think he's a four-star tight end. Like we think he's a four-star prospect, but nobody really knew where to peg you. And I think mm-hmm. Scott Frost, I think, immediately saw that center was maybe the best spot for you long-term. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any of the guys in high school thought I was going to be playing O-line in college, but – that probably maybe defense or edge rusher or something like that, but I'm I'm excited about where I wound up. Yeah, when you went to center, um, and how humbling was that for you? Because I'm sure you were a kid that was used to doing everything and having it come easy and natural, and now we're like telling you to speak a new foreign language essentially and and, and do it at the highest level mm-hmm. right away. I mean, that had to be really really hard just to 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 walk in and and learn everything and and do something that you really had never done before at this level. Yeah, well. I think any time a high school kid comes into the college level, it's always a humbling experience uh, going in a tight end, like learning the whole offensive scheme and then being switched to offensive line, having to, you know, learn it into a new depth. Uh, it's it's obviously humbling, but you, there's so much work that goes into it and a lot of skills that need to be developed that, you know, I've never done before. So it was a lot of learning. Learning curve was big. What was the hardest part? I mean, when, when you think about making the transition, I mean, what, like, because you never did snaps before in your life and some of the things that you had to do in the blocking and learning the different plays. Uh, I mean, what was the hardest thing for you at that point? Probably just getting the technique down, you know, just being able to line up against someone and block them. I mean, in, in high school, you know, coming from like Nebraska, the level of talent is whatever it is. You could just, I could just run at people and knock them down, you know, but you can't do that at the college level. You need to have good technique with your ability. So just learning that, it was a big curve because it's just, 
it's different. You don't always get taught exactly uh, the right mechanics, I guess. Who who really helped you kind of get your snaps down and some of the things that maybe hurt you early on, but now it all obviously comes pretty natural for you when you when I watch you play. Uh, yeah, I mean, snapping is just a lot of technique and it kind of changing it up, finding like the right thing for me. Um, but more or less, just like the mentality with it, you know, um, just knowing like how to do it. And if something goes wrong, like how, how I can adjust it. And Coach G was so instrumental in just helping me along the way. I mean, he helped so much, just the mentality aspect of it. And I think that's a lot of it that goes into it. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. We're talking here with Nebraska center Cam Jurgens on Up Close. Sean Callahan of HuskerOnline.com as we are brought to you by Sandhills Global and powered by ABM. And let's talk more about just playing center and some of the teams. I'm curious, who do you think, who are some of the best players you've gone against? When you look at your year, last three years playing center, who are some of the best players that have tested you the most, um, you know, in, in terms of matchups? Anyone come to mind? Well, there's there's so many guys in the Big Ten. Uh, it's kind of weird. When we play out of conference, there there might be some, like, smaller guys or more like they move around. But there's one constant in the Big Ten that you're going to go against a D-tackle that's 300, 300-plus. You know, they're, they're big, stout guys. So we see similar matchups each week. Uh, I feel like Wisconsin definitely always has a guy in the middle that's just stout. You know, it's hard to move. But they move well, you know. Um, I say Wisconsin's always had a really good guy inside there. But I mean, there's no there's no names that really pop out because there's so many guys on each team that are just you know, Big Ten footballs. It's just it's big people that play. In 2019, were you physically ready for it? And I mean, I feel like now you are. But how much have you grown physically since that first year being the center? I mean, I've grown a lot physically, and I think. More or less, uh, the more important part is just mentally growing and learning the offense to a, a deeper level. And, you know, it's kind of nice coming from a tight end background because I kind of know the responsibilities of, like, maybe the running backs or the what the quarterback's reading and why he's reading a certain thing. So I kind of understand it to a different level. And I feel like the more I was in this offense, the more I kind of understand. And it's it's awesome being in the center position because I, I get to talk to the guys to the left and right of me and get everybody on the same page. I mean, that's, that's the most important part about the center. So like my first year, I was kind of, you know, swimming a little bit. It was all new to me. And now like, I'm, I'm like the calming guy in there trying to tell, get everybody on the same page. This game last week against Northwestern, was that the best you've seen an offensive line kind of play four quarters at Nebraska in these last three years? I'd say in general, that's the best I've seen the offense play. I think everybody is just clicking at that game, and it's not even just the offensive line. Uh, the receivers are doing such a good job at going to their assignments and blocking downfield. Just everybody doing their own job, that's what springs it. You know, um, you never know when your block's going to be the important one, and I think everybody's just uh, selling out right now, and that's a good attitude for a team to have. Yeah, lining up on your left side was Teddy Prohaska and Nuri Nueli. Um, two guys making their first style. What, what do you tell like a guy like Teddy? I mean, he's got to be nervous as heck. His first career start, he's just out of high school. 
Um, how, how, what do you tell a guy like that to calm his nerves in a game like that? Uh, I was actually really surprised about Teddy. Um, he's he's kind of got this calm uh, ability about him. It didn't seem like he was really overwhelmed. But, you know, communication on the left side, I just was trying to communicate as best as I can because those are two guys that haven't played a lot of snaps. And then you got, like, Nuri in there who just, like, you know, he, he doesn't – he doesn't know everything about football quite yet because, you know, he, he transferred over here from Germany. So being able to communicate between them two, um, it was, it was a, fun, a fun thing to get through. But they, they played really well, and uh, it's just constant talking to them guys. You know, it's, it's nothing different from practice. Uh, it's, it's your same assignment. The assignments don't change. The plays don't change from practice. You're doing the same thing except there's 90,000 people watching you. I kind of said to them <clears> – <throat> You know, before the game, look around the stadium, you know, look at the atmosphere and, you know, relish it. And then when you get out there for that first snap, doesn't matter. You know, you're just running the play, look at your assignment, accomplish it, boom, next play. We're driving. Did you play against Nuri in high school or did you miss him by one year? He was uh, at Norris. I might have missed him by, by a one, year. Yeah. You know, his, I mean, just a German, I mean, having a, you got a couple foreigners on your team. I mean, obviously your punter from Australia and then, and then uh, Nuri, it's got to be unique having guys not from the states in your room, but Nuri t- seems like he's blended in pretty well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good addition to the room. I mean, everybody everybody loves to joke around with him. <laughs> We're talking here with Cam Jurgens. I want to talk about your recruiting, Cam, um, and just how that all played out. And you got on record, I believe, the earliest offer ever to Nebraska for football. You were offered after your freshman year of high school. Um, Davon Hall from Bellevue West, I think, got you beat. He was offered at the beginning of his freshman season um, last year, so you don't got that title anymore. But um, when you got that offer, were you surprised? It was the Mike Riley staff and Tavita Thompson and those guys. Were you surprised how quick things happened for you by going to a couple of camps at that time? Oh, yeah, I was super surprised. I mean, I kind of grew up being a Husker fan. Everybody has that you know, wish to play for the Huskers. But when it all kind of happened, I mean, I didn't go to that camp expecting for an offer. I go to that camp because, like, oh, I'm a football player in Nebraska and I want to go learn from the best. So maybe I can come back to my high school team and uh, get better for the year. And then it's just like, you know, all this stuff's happening and unravels. I'm like, wow, I, you know, I'm just as good as all these guys and I have the ability to go play the next level. And um, that kind of opened my eyes. And it was – I was kind of starstruck at first for sure. When did you commit again? I mean, how after – did you commit in your sophomore year? Uh, yeah, I committed in the, like a month after I got my offer, so before my sophomore year. But then the coaching change happened. I mean, you, you were committed to a staff and, you know, people that you had known, and, you know, a new staff came in right before, you know, it was time for you to sign. And I don't think people realize, I mean, LSU made it somewhat interesting. Um, who was the coach again? Was it Kevin Steele or, um, or who, who was the coach that was recruiting you for LSU back then? Uh, Enschminger. So it would be their offensive coordinator, tight end coach down there. But they came, I mean, they made it interesting. I mean, I, I know, um, you kept it pretty quiet back then, but, um, LSU really tried to sway you at the end and, and the coach Frost and those guys really had to kind of obviously earn your trust and, and, and get you locked up. Can you, uh, talk about some of that stuff from four or five years ago? Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy experience. I mean, I, I met all these coaches like Mike Riley and then I was really close to the tight end coach to Thompson but then everything went down, and when I was on my uh, official visit down to LSU, it was actually the same weekend that Coach uh, Mike Riley got fired. 
So I'm down at LSU enjoying this game, and the atmosphere down there is crazy. I, I loved it, and it was really a family feel down there. So I'm like, I'm loving this visit to LSU. And at the same time, the Nebraska coaches that I, I all know just get fired. So, like, there was a lot going on, on in my mind. And then, you know, it, it took a little bit to, you know, come back to Nebraska. But I don't know in my mind I was ever not going to come here. Uh, it, it would be it would take a lot for me not to be a Nebraska football player. I, I'm right where I should be. Like, once Scott Frost came in your living room, I mean, that was probably it, right? I mean, I'm sure having the chance to – he's a Nebraska guy just like you. His mom was a shot put person just like mm -hmm. your mom I mean I can't even imagine the talking points you guys had right away when you met Scott Frost for the first time oh yeah it was it was awesome when he came in here I mean at first we did talk about a lot of track stuff it was kind of a funny story when he first walked in uh I got like a lot of my track awards up and then so it was like my brother and sister and around like my brother's stuff there was a, like a, a couple bronzes and stuff like that from the state track I me mean, he walks up and like my whole family's there first thing he like says is like geez, what are all these bronzes here for? <laughs> and then my brother just speaks up. He's like, that would be mine. <laughs> I'm like, uh, mine are the golds over there on the right side of that. What did he say to you? I mean, how did he break the ice when he walked in your living room just to kind of introduce himself to you and, and make sure he let you know that, hey, you know, we, we definitely want you at Nebraska. And uh, we know a coaching change had just happened, but you're a huge priority for us at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's so many similarities. I mean, Coach Frost and – uh, Coach Rude was down there on that visit too, and they're both from Nebraska. They play in Nebraska, so they know what it means to them, and they know uh, what it's like to recruit in-state kids because they're they're in the same situation. So when they came in, there's so many like talking points, and it just came easy for them the guys to talk because you could just see the the spirit and everything they have about Nebraska football. And they, you know, if if there's going to be someone to get it back to what it was like, I mean, those guys are it. Um, so I just I could tell like right away I'm like yeah I I want to play for these guys and so it was over the yep. one meeting and it, that was basically a day or two after he was hired is my guess when he came in your living room yeah it was that week for sure and then you came and started training and and uh, actually you were still hurt I mean that injury you broke your leg right as a senior in high school and your ankle or was it leg and ankle both? yeah I broke my leg and like dislocated my ankle and that scar I still how many inches was that scar on your leg. I mean, I remember you showed it to me and, and I mean, it was like the size of a ruler. It looked like, yeah, it's, it's a good foot or so. So, I mean, and so you, I mean, that had to be just to overcome that. And then you came back and threw shot that year at state track. I mean, you, you weren't even close to a hundred percent and you still won the, I mean, that, that had to be probably one of the more rewarding things you accomplished in high school to mentally get yourself back to throw mm -hmm. at state shot that week. Yeah. It, it meant a lot to go out there and then get that, you know, fourth title. It meant it meant a lot to me, and I think it meant a lot even more to my mom for me to go out there and uh, do that with her. I remember at districts um, when you showed up, all the other kids were just like, "God dang it!" Like I thought Jurgens was out of this, and you came right back, and and uh, all you had to do was hit one throw. And I remember the first couple were kind of was that Fairbury. I was out there yeah. that day, and you finally got the one throw to hit, and everyone's like, "Well, there goes my ticket to state." <laughs> Yeah, I just need to make sure I didn't scratch. I just need one to get to the state. What do you? Uh, I'm curious, Cam, as we talk about life after football. What do you want to do? I mean, do you want to get into farming and agriculture? Do you want to get into um, something in the ag field, or do you have other ideas of what you want to do after football is done with? Uh, I'm not really sure. You know, I'm just kind of playing it by ear. Um, football is a big part of my life right now, and uh, you know, agriculture is a big part of it too. Um, uh, I'm a nutrition science major, and I got like an ag business uh, minor. Uh, I, I love 
you know, some of the people that I've worked with getting over some of my injuries, and it kind of inspires me to, you know, go on to PT school and be a physical therapist or something like that. And I feel like there's a lot of avenues to me to go about, but we'll see how long this football career takes. So this is your fourth year. When do you graduate with your undergrad? Uh, I have one more semester after this, and so, then I'll be graduated. So in May, you'll actually have your diploma, and then um, you can either go into grad school or do whatever. I mean, you, you can you have some options. And, I mean, technically, guys can think about going pro. I mean, a lot of you guys will have some interesting decisions, I'm sure, as the season comes to an end, um, kind of how you want to kind of weigh your, your future plans out. Yep, no doubt. What um, When you look at where you want to get better and kind of what you want to do, like what areas do you need to really kind of take the next step in to, to kind of get yourself to where you can, you know, play at the next level? Uh, it's just, you know, that leader, it's, I think a lot of it's the intangibles that you don't see in the field, you know, everything off the field, uh, you know, playing to my best ability, but also getting the guys to the left and right of me to play to their best ability, bringing guys up with you. Um, the best players make players around them better. So just keep, keep bringing guys with me and, you know, setting that bar to a certain standard and everything, the intangibles go with football. There's so much stuff that people don't see that happens off the field, not on TV. What about in the weight room? I mean, where have you grown the most? I mean, we see those videos get posted. And, I mean, just from the naked eye, it seems like you've made some massive gains. And, I mean, how many more gains can you make in that area? Uh, I mean, you never know with the ball. He, as soon as you think you, you made a new uh, ceiling and you hit it, He's just putting more weight on, and you're you're reaching new ceilings. And um, with that strike staff, it just they push you so much. Um, you you find new ways to improve yourself, and uh, I've surprised myself so much in that weight room. Yeah, what are I mean? Can you discuss like what are what's your like bench, clean, and squat right now? Right, I don't even know my numbers. Uh, we really don't even go off numbers. We just go off Rep plates. Counts. You know, he he doesn't really throw a number up. It's like oh, just throw on five plates or six plates, throw another plate on. You know? There's no 10s or 25s put on. It's, it's 45, 45, 45. It just goes by plates. You There's, just add them up. And, you know, when these young kids come in, I'm sure some of them have high expectations or thoughts of themselves. And when they see you guys have, I mean, you're, you're putting like eight plates on. I mean, how many plates are you putting on a squat bar? Oh, yeah. There's, we got a lot of guys that can squat seven, eight plates in there. And when that bar is just bending over your back, it's, it's crazy. And it, it's so awesome on our team because everybody gets that level. We have so many guys on the offensive defensive line that are just squatting at such a high level. So when guys come in, it's not just a couple guys on the team that are freaks. It's the strength staff got everybody to that level. So there, it doesn't take long for these new guys to get to there. And when you're in high school, you think, oh, three plates is a lot to squat. Then you get to college at yeah. that place. But Nebraska, you guys do it different than a lot of places. I mean, you hear that from guys that come to this program from other programs. I remember Damian um, Daniels came here, his brother uh, uh, Darian, mm -hmm. and he's like, man, the way you guys lived here, way different than Oklahoma State. And I think uh, Duvall definitely, you know, he, he goes at it a lot differently than a lot of places do, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a big difference, but – uh, that's all I've known so far, so I'm just rolling with whatever they tell me to do. And i got to ask you this, too, as we kind of wrap things up. Your family, uh, they I see them everywhere at the road games. They go to the Husker lunches. How fun has this been for your mom and your dad? And you got a brother and a sister, right? Yep. Just for them to, to be a part of this because every road game I go to, I get to the stadium early, I see the Juergens jerseys right outside, mm -hmm. and um, it's got to just be so much fun for your family and, and, and you to have like these memories to, to travel and be at these road games and all the games together every weekend. Yeah, they love traveling. Uh, they've missed one game, and it was at Rutgers because they didn't allow any 
friends or family or any anybody to come. I think that's the only game they missed. They made it to every game, and it's um, I love it seeing them there, having family there supporting me. But they they just love love going on all these trips. Uh, they drive a lot, looking, right? Yeah, oh yeah, they drive a lot. Uh, they're really looking forward to Ireland next year. So that's uh, that's going to keep you here another year. That right there, right? Ireland. Are you Irish? Uh, a little bit. A little Irish. A little so bit. yeah, I mean, that do guys even? I mean, is that on the radar? I mean, you got so much in front of you right now. <laughs> You're like Ireland's going to be fun, but we got to worry about this season right now first. Oh yeah, I'm the only thing I'm worried about is this next game. What are you looking forward to on that Ireland trip? Are you you want to go to the Guinness Factory or the Jameson or do anything? I mean, do you have any idea of what that trip could be like a year from now? No idea. <laughs> you just know you're going to play a football game and have some fun. Yep. Well, Cam, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking some time here as you guys get ready for Michigan. Um, looking forward to watching the game Saturday. We appreciate the time here on Up Close. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, that wraps it up here for this week's edition of Up Close, brought to you by Sandhills Global and powered by ABM. For HuskerOnline.com, I'm Sean Callahan.